very close. Yeah, it's fine if it's over here. I just medical pants in the fish. All right, fine. Good afternoon. We're live. We're live. Okay, we're live. It's a great honor to have uh, here uh, Mayon Rapport, the Brinnick coordinator at OK Kosher, to uh, give a share, something which uh, he knows better than me, Kashrus. Um, we went together with Shiva, then he, uh, the only reason I am a Dayan is thanks to him. I was in Kailo, and he convinced me to uh, join him and learn Dayanus. He was my Chavrosa. I was thinking of going in a different track. We ended up learning with him. Somehow, I ended up getting going into Dayanus. He ended up going into Kashrus, but it's, it is thanks to him that uh, I ended up where I am, and by default, also the Kailo, which its original goal was to create more rabbis, is a direct result of me being pulled out of one Kailo to learn Leon. So I'm very thankful to him. But uh, since he's here, I can't talk too much about it. So I'll just give him a takeover now. Rabbi uh, Fort, please. Yeah, I'm, uh, based off that, so you're all welcome. <laughs> yeah, so as. Uh, Rabbi Shochat mentioned uh, Miksas Vachol Lefanov. There's a hell of a lot more that he missed out on. So, <laughs> we'll, uh, okay, we're going to be talking about Gvinas Yisrael. Chagashvos is coming up, so might as well. It's kind of a popular thing on the table. Gvinas uh, Yisrael tends to be the silent brother of Chol of Yisrael. Chol of Yisrael gets all the publicity, gets the headlines, and Moshe's Heter, all that kind of stuff, Chol of Stam, etc., etc. Gvinas Yisrael, on the other hand, don't really hear too much about it. So, uh, we'll get into that. So, to start off, uh, let's talk about how cheese is made. So, you take milk, you add in rennet to the milk, the milk curdles, creating curds and whey. Whey is separated, curds are pressed, you've basically got cheese. Obviously, different cheeses, uh, different things are added to it. So, cultures are also added to it. Cultures is a bacteria, and um, different cheeses have different things. So, some of those cultures will make uh, the mold and blue cheese, and the eyes and Swiss cheese, and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, that's a quick rundown of how cheese is made. Uh, now, as I mentioned, rennet is put in. So obviously a lot of people, if you guys remember from Bosa Bukholov, it's uh, brought up there. But that's talking about kosher rennet, uh, animal rennet that is. So rennet is a group of enzymes that actually creates uh, the curdling in, in the milk to make the cheese. Rennet can be found in three different, well, there's three different types of rennet. There is animal rennet, which can be found in the stomach of calves. Um, the abomasum, to be quite accurate. Um, and um, that's one source of rennet. Other source of rennet, there are different plants called vegetable rennet, where you'll find also that has those properties, that, those enzymes that can actually create uh, the curdling of the milk. And what's used... Uh, 
mainly in uh, production throughout the world nowadays is what's called microbial renner, which basically they've isolated the enzymes and they grow them in labs and basically it's been ever since they're basically lab-based um, renner, which obviously that's, that's not an issue at all. So let's, uh, let's go through the tour, which is uh, your first page. And we're going to start from three lines towards the bottom of the tour, front of the line, beginning of the line. So it says, sanochrim asudois tamim. So we know cheese from goyim are forbidden. The Gemara goes in to explain a few different reasons. So one reason is, is because they will use animal rennet, which comes from non-shechted uh, calves and obviously that's not kosher and also because they may smear uh, pig lard on the cheese and the third reason the tour brings that sometimes they may mix non-kosher milk with it so milk that has come from a uh, non-kosher animal to be more specific because technically is also not kosher even though milk from a non-kosher animal does not curdle next page we're concerned that maybe in between the crevices of the cheese there might be bits of milk left there now Kosovo Rambam the Rambam writes, Even if there's no chash for all these reasons, we know that they use vegetable rennet, and we know that there's no uh, milk from non-kosher animals around. So, so regardless of what the ingredients that's been used, the Goenim were already instructed that cheese from a goy cannot be used regardless of what ingredients have been used and then how the cheese has been made. And so if someone eats cheese or milk or drinks milk from a guy that he saw or hasn't watched, and that doesn't sound too pleasant. Now, so instead of going through the Makaris in the Gemara, let's uh, let's use the cheat sheet and let's go to the base of. So, as you can see here, I've uh, underline a few things and I've sectioned off a few things just to visually to make it a little bit easier. So um, so the beginning of the base if he starts quoting uh, the reasons that the Gemara brings. So first reason he actually brings is Mishum Giloy as we know uh, liquids that are left uncovered so we're concerned that maybe snakes come in popped in his venom so they def definitely have to be covered uh, as we'll explain later on that this is actually this is actually not required anymore because we don't have snakes among us um, but back then it was a concern so that's one reason why and and the goyim at the time weren't as careful as Yidin were so mitatsakona you shouldn't use their Cheese. Uh, another reason is because you can't. It's impossible. You can't have milk uh, cheese with at least bits of milk that are flying around. Um, as we so that's the milk concern. Another one is with novelas. We explained they might use animal rennet. Um, a fourth one with They might smear. Um, pig lard around it, and the last two because they might use 
vinegar, and vinegar obviously could have an issue of yain esach. And the last one, Panisha Mamminois and Mishraf Orla, because maybe they may use vegetable rennet, which has a problem with Orla. And so then the Gemara, the reason why the latter two aren't brought down, the Beis Yosef says, is because um, uh, they technically would be a problem of Hanoi as well, so therefore. Um, that's why the tour decided not to bring those two opinions. And just to go on to the next page here. Now, so now the Beisos is going to quote the Tasefus. But now, Shekosva Tasefus Shem Rabbeinu Tam. Ki achshav lemetzinu tam poshud l'esig vinas hanochnim, do'a tam ha'isu mishum nikur, kerushu ben levi tekamlon kavasei afligab rabbi yechanon. So, according to Rabbeinu Tam, there is no chashash at all. At least back in his time, there was no chashash at all to um, to have gvinas uh, akum, because according to the Rabbeinu Tam, the problem was nikkur. The problem was giloy. They were concerned about the snakes biting. And now, we're not concerned about them adding milk from a non-kosher animal. So, obviously, it doesn't make sense for the guy to add in milk from a non-kosher animal because non, um, milk from a non-kosher animal doesn't curdle. So obviously it's because of giloy. Now, back in the times of Ben Otam and also as, as brought down Halach and Shochanach, now that we don't have snakes commonly around us, so therefore giloy is not really an issue anymore. There are many places they use it because generally in those places they only will use vegetable. And they also the Chokmen Arbon. Now, Arbon, if there's anyone from France over here, I'm sure they can let you know more information. Chokmen Arbon. Narbon is a city in southern France, and there was obviously had a very thriving Jewish community in the time of Tosfos, and so the Goenim in, in that in Narbon, uh, they allowed. Because the generally cheeses were only there were only made with vegetable rennet. So that's the taste of us. And that's what we're going to learn for the base taster. Now, let's pop down the bottom over here, the dark emotion. See if cotton base. And he goes and he says, um, now, so the Mordechai says that even if the Yid, the soul, is supervising the milk, the cow being milked, or whatever, the animal being milked, and he sees the guy making cheese, still we don't take the cheese from the guy. It's still a problem of Vinasakum. Now the Aguda in Perka Shoel Mesecha Shabbos he writes Vezela Shoenay He tira agdoilim odom koine yud gvinay soyskum acha v'anochum itaklam b'Shabbos v'isor doye v'shemea v'ena midamber achadov mochur akam l'Shoenay So here he actually just a little uh, just a little pointer he quotes the Aguda he actually quotes in Vezela Shoenay he actually brings down the Lashon of the Aguda and he says is is that a person can actually buy cheese from a guy that it was actually made on Shabbos. Now, we know that a Yid uh, can't make cheese on Shabbos because it's a told of Boina. But he a, a can watch 
He can look at the guy make, doesn't say a word, lets the guy make the cheese, and then he can buy the cheese afterwards. Now, here, the Dakimoshah actually quotes the Aguda, but when it comes to the Mordechai, he doesn't quote him, he just says what he says, and you're going to see afterwards, we're not going to go majorly into that, but we'll touch upon that to see that uh, other people feel that uh, they haven't learned the Mordechai correctly. Anyways, so that's just the background now of Gvinas Yisrog slash Gvinas Akob. Now, let's go to the Shulchan Aruch. Steve Bays. Gvinas Ayv de Kechovim so the Mechaber straight away says the reason why we don't use Gvinas Nochem is because of animal rena. That's our concern. So, yes, the Gemara brought a whole bunch of reasons afterwards. The Torah brought three. But Lahalocho, we paskin. The problem is that we're concerned about animal rena being used. And even though generally the amount of rena that's put in is less than Shishim, but because it's a Dovar Maimid, therefore Dovar Maimid cannot be bottled. Uh, now, even if you knew they knew they used animal rennet, like the Rambam says, sorry, they use vegetable rennet, like the Rambam says, still that's a problem. Let's go into the Amor. That's the minig, and we're not going to change that. Now, if it's not those places that they had a heter from previous years, which as we brought as brought down the tasis, that's Narbon, but uh, I'm pretty sure since then the, a lot of things have changed. So technically speaking, we don't really have nowadays a place where it's known for them to only use vegetable rennet. So technically speaking, even according to the Ramon, uh, we can't use rennet because uh, sorry, we can't use cheese from Goyim because of the animal rennet problem. Now. Next part, which is we're going to actually delve into a little bit more. Now, if if the yid watches the cheese is being made and the milking, obviously, mutter. Now, that uh, so according to Ramon, as we learned, as he brings, as he brought down the Dakimesha from the Aguda, is that if the Yid looks at the guy making the cheese, that in itself is fine. Now, what does it mean to look at the guy making the cheese? So the main component of making the cheese is the rennet. Yes, other ingredients are put in as well, but the main thing is the rennet. That's actually what curdles the milk. So if a yid watches the, the guy put the rennet in, he's therefore made the cheese, and that is Gvinas Yisrael. Um, now, so the Ramal goes on. Um, so, but the Ramon brings a case and he says is that, however, if the Yid, let's say, came a little bit late and he missed the milking, but the guy says, you know what, well, I've got this milk over here and I'm about to make cheese with it. If he watches the guy make the cheese, but the Evid, that's fine, you can eat the cheese that way. But as he ends off and he says, he can't drink the milk like that because the milk, um, well, the milk, there's still a problem of Cholav um, Yisrael. 
I guess in this case. So, but once the cheese has been made, we're not concerned that all of a sudden he's going to put in chol uh, of tombe. Now, um, generally speaking, comes the chol of tombe. You don't really find anyone who's tried to actually make it. I actually saw online there was someone who's tried to make um, cheese from pig's milk. And to understand how hard it is to make, I might be off by a little bit here, but I believe the price was something like 40,000 euros per pound. So you can understand, I mean, I might be off by a couple of thousand, but still, it was that expensive. Some guy in Holland. Basically, pigs are very hard to milk, and therefore, and the, and the cheese is obviously very, it's very hard to make cheese out of their milk. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not something that's going to be common. Now, so, uh, point we're going to delve into now is making of the cheese. According to the Ramon, if the Yid sees the Goy make the cheese, which means that he saw the Goy add the rennet into the milk, that is fine. That's considered Gvinas Yisrael. Let's go into the Shach. A little bit of a different opinion. Okay, so back to the previous page on Shukhanach here. So, we're just going to go through the lines that I've um, marked. So, So, before this, he actually just quotes, previous two lines, just quoting the Dakim Moshe here. So, he wants to say is, is that the Aguda doesn't actually argue on the Mordechai. Because if you remember, um, the Aguda was, that he brought down, he brought down regarding Hilcha Shabbos. And the Aguda there is actually according to the Shach, is saying he's not arguing on the Mordechai because he's talking about Isra Shabbos. Now, the Efsha, the second line, the Efsha, the Be'emes, Agvinas Asuras, Mishum Gvinas Eve Kechovim, El Mishum Shabbos Mutorim. So, according to the, the Shach, the Shach learns that the Aguda technically. He's referring to Hilchah Shabbos. So, mitzvah Hilchah Shabbos, there is no problem. So, but you still have an issue of Gvinas Akum. And then he brings to Nafkaminas ones that maybe he can sell it afterwards to a guy, or we're talking about in the case where Kontarabin Tam, there's no problem of, uh, of uh, Gvinas Akum in places where you know that they use vegetable rennet. So, in those places, according to their good, that you would technically be able to use the cheese. Um, so now the next line is, which is kind of interesting. Um, he says another answer is that maybe the Agud is talking about we actually bought the cheese. So technically, it's not the guy's cheese here; it's the yid cheese. So before Shabbos, he buys the cheese. He, the guy is making the cheese, it belongs to the Yid, so it's not the guy's, and there's therefore there's no problem with Gvinasakum, and so maybe in that situation, um, that's why the Aguda says it's fine. Um, but the next line he goes, But obviously, he cannot make between the fact that if the Yid saw or didn't see, still he goes on and he brings Raya's that it's still a problem. Now, one of the Raya's he's going to bring is, is the next one, the next lines that I have here. So the Chuvas the Maran Rottenberg says that 
um, in the case of a going that is making cheese with these souls, there the yid has to actually do an action. That action will be adding in the rent himself. So, according to Maron from Rottenberg, if everything was, even if, you know, the renter was fine and everything else was fine, the Yid's actually watching him do it, but still, if the Yid doesn't put in the renter himself, then that is a problem. So, we're just going to end off in the Shach here, the next page. Now, now the minig that we that I guess was back in the day where people would um, buy cheese from farmers. Now he's saying is is because they used to rent uh, rent the cattle. So, in the case of farmers, talking about a situation there where they didn't have actually rented the, the cows. And so therefore, when the government are making the cheese, they're making it, it's, it, it belongs to the Yid, so therefore it's considered Gvinas Yisrael. And we're saying there's no way do we see that Goyim are not allowed to make cheese for Yisrael, like as far as the actual Yiddish cheese. Similarly too, in someone's house, if a guy was, came there and the Yid had bought the cheese, as, like, I guess before he makes it, the Yid buys the cheese and the guy makes it in front of him in his house, that is not a problem. But to end off, he says, But, same thing as the Maron Rottenberg says, if a guy was making cheese for himself and the Yid is standing there the whole time watching, watching what he puts in, all ingredients are kosher, doesn't matter, the Yid actually has to do a maisa himself. He has to do something which, in this case, he has to make the cheese which is putting in the renner. So, we have machlekes between the Ramon and the Shach. According to the Ramon, it's enough that the Yid watches the cheese is being made. He watches the, which means that he watches the guy add the rennet into the, into the milk to create cheese. According to the shach, the, uh, watching the guy alone is not enough, but he also has to actually put in the rennet himself. So, um, let's go on to Tshuva Nehdi Behuda, next page. Okay. Now, let's go. Um, so, marked off the area. Semiline Lamadzain. So, so, Zulas Zeash Shaalto, Adva Yisraelim, Hasoikrim, Ashwab, Akadim, Gam Hagvinis, and Nice and Bishabas. So now he's talking a bit to the person about the question that person had um, regarding buying. Um, Renting farmers and buying the cheese that are made on Shabbos. So, after that, 
So basically, the person here has a little issue um, buying cheese from a guy on Shabbos. He's saying, even though technically according to Armad's mutter, but according to the Shach, we do have an issue here. We have an issue of Grunas, uh, of Grunas Akum. So the Nerdy Peter goes on the says, Vihinani Tomo, Lomotilis, Shaylosko, Baisa, Naisim, Shabbos. Or Adasa Shacha now, Alpha Naisim, Bechelosurim. So his question is, what does Shabbos make a difference? According to the Shach, even if it's done during the week, it's a problem. If all you're doing is just looking at the guy making the cheese, and if you're not putting in the rent yourself. So what, I mean, what's the reason to differentiate between Shabbos and the week? So if you want to say that the Yid actually buys the cheese um, before the before the guy makes it, as gam hashach matik mivur b'shach shom v'im kain also lost us on Shabbos. Ki ika hetem mivur b'morgan avrom shom sif gotten lamen gim or shadain ain't I given a she saw v'im kain k'shul kanom kaidem shnei sukfar him she saw also lamay the lame b'shabbos b'shas asiyosom v'im zehaysa kavanos cholayel lechol litleis hashela beisrochelo. So now, so we have a problem here. The Noibihud is saying here is, is that if you want to use the heads of the Shach, where you buy the cheese beforehand, well then the problem here is, is that you're making, the guy is making the cheese for you. And if he's making the cheese for you, you can't do that on Shabbos. Which is interesting because the Shach actually brings that as an option. Uh, when explaining that good, he actually says, oh, maybe he bought the, uh, bought the milk first. According to the Shach, that's not, that's not an issue. But according to the Magen Avram, we're going to see later on the Atarebbe as well, that um, that is an issue if the guy is making the cheese for the year, and they're using that, that again, he can't do that on Shabbos. So then uh, he ends off this paragraph by saying, so, interesting here, usually we know in Kala Poiskim, when we have Machlokas between Shach and Amon, usually we follow the Shach. But here the Nodabi Hood is saying something a little revolutionary that no, the Minig is to follow the Amon in this situation, and we don't follow the Shach. So, La Alochum. When it comes to what is um, what makes Gvinas Akum into Gvinas Yisrael, La Alocha is like the Ramon, that all you have to do is watch the rennet being put into the cheese. That's good enough. Now, um, and then interestingly enough, um, the Noida Behuda goes on to say that the Dakim, uh, the, um, the Mordechai that was brought down the Dakim Moshe, well, and everyone's quoting this Mordechai, no one really understood what he said properly. And so he goes into that much. Again, we're not going to go through all that right now. But interestingly, when, um, you know, there's one thing when someone quotes someone word for word, but when someone just says, this is what he says, so therefore there's a lot of room for interpretation over here. Never assume anything, basically. So now, uh, now the end of the tshuva, 
the Neidehuda brings a, another way of how you can make Gvinas um, Yisrael. So prior to that, he, he, he mentions the Maran from Rothenburg, as, we brought, as was brought down the Shach, that he says clearly that the Yid has to actually put the Rene inside. So, he goes on to say, V'gamba zenir nirlani es daiti digam divi ma'aram, him dafka kishigama keva hi shanochri, shanochri nosan ego shaloi lishchait, v'loka hakeva mishom, oi shanochri kono keva kshedo mitevach yisrael, v'loka v'imid b'cholov shaloi b'fnei yisrael. So the Maram, he's saying the Maram is talking about a situation where the guy used, obviously, his own animal renner, which wasn't kosher, or even if he used rennet from a yid, but the yid actually wasn't there, and the guy put it in. Um, but those, the whole meaning here that people are taking from the farmers, the cheese, and that is allowed. So, here we're talking about is where these farmers don't have rennet lying around. I mean, take it back in the olden days, you know, there wasn't, these things weren't easily accessible. Um, even though they didn't have the supply chain issues of now, but still, they weren't as easily accessible. So, in the case is that you're talking about where the Yid brings his own rennet. He brings his own rennet to the farmer in order to create cheese. So, Nirlani has daiti. Kevan sha kevo hisha yiso. Av sha nochri noisan la secha cholok. Vayeshli yiso. Chelik mashu begvina salolu. Bazei gam hamara matim. So, in this situation where you have the Yid is bringing his own rennet. He brings his own rennet to the goy, and the goy puts that in. So here he's saying, even according to the Maharam, there's not going to be an issue. And that's also Gvinasi Sol. So the Prichodesh actually writes that he's matir if there's a partnership, but still, that's only with the Evid. But Ulaniyaz Daiti, the Bezeh Mutalukhulu Alma Af Lechatchilo. Right? But according to um, the Noidi Behuda, when he actually, the, the rennet belongs to the Yid and is put into, and even if the guy is the one putting it in, but the rennet belongs to the Yid, that itself is enough to make the cheese Gvinas Yisrael. Now he goes on, he says, So, this is only according to the Maram, but according to the other shitters, as the Noah uh, said in the beginning, is that according to those shitters, um, it's enough for the year to actually watch the guy put the, um, the rennet in, so therefore you don't even, technically don't even need this. But this is another way of how you can actually make Vinasi soul is by the Yid owns the rennet and the guy uses the rennet that, that Yid owns. Now, Let's end off here, at least in talking about um, in the pages over here. We end off with the Atarebbe. End of Shinzain, Sif, Lamed Ches. So, the Atarebbe Shitta is, Nochrim ha'oisim gvinis b'shabas mecholov shelahem. Right? 
goyim that make cheese on Shabbos from with their milk. And the yid is watching the milking and the curdling, the cheese making. In order for that for the yid, for that for Yisrael should be able to eat the cheese. Right? So we already see over here, according to the Atreb, is enough that he sees the that he sees the cheese making. He can eat and he can buy it after Shabbos not to eat. Now, even though the year's been hanging out there for a long time, and the guy is only going to be making the che- and the guy is making the cheese for him, and it's kind of obvious, right? But still, the guy is making it for his own benefit. So the note is at all for the yid to be watching the guy making the cheese because the guy is doing whatever he's doing. He's making his own cheese. No big deal there. Because right now the cheeses does not belong to the yid. It's just, you know, he's just watching it. It's only belongs to the yid only once he buys it afterwards. He can even tell him to even do it on Shabbos. Right? Because again, as, as long as it's the guy's cheese and the yid hasn't bought it over here, hasn't bought it, so there's no problem with it whatsoever. Now, so obviously, so we see over here is interestingly enough, according to... Um, so, according to the Atzer Eber, the halacha is like the Ramon, that all you have to do is watch it. And similarly, based off the Mogan Avram, um, in Elche Shabbos, uh, that the goy has to make the cheese on Shabbos, it has to be his cheese, it can't belong to the Yid. So, unlike what the Shach brought down the name of the Aguda, the possible, uh, possible answer for the Aguda is, is that the Yid bought the milk prior to that. Or bought the cheese prior to that. In that case, that wouldn't work. Mitad Hilcha Shabbos. Um, and uh, so, but again, but uh, so that's one difference between the Shach and everyone else is about Shabbos itself. And then when it comes to uh, making the cheese, so there's a difference between the Ramon and the Shach. And the Ramon, you just watch it happen. According to the Shach, no, someone's got to actually put it in. And the Noid Dibhuda brings. Another opinion of how you can make Vinas Yisrael is that if the Yid actually owns the Renet and then he puts it in. Alright, so that's, an, that's for now is the written material. So let's have a little discussion about how cheese is actually made out there in the real world. So, practically speaking what happens is is that cheeses are made, at least the whole of Yisrael cheeses that you buy out over here and even the whole of Stam cheeses that you buy out um, they're generally made in productions so a company being Natural Kosher Ha'olam, all these companies will go to a regular cheese factory and they'll ask them to make cheese productions so a production is done and Meshkech is there present now, now in Crown Heights you're only going to find Cholov Yisrael cheeses they go out to other communities and you'll see there's Hall of Yisrael cheese and there's Hall of Stam cheeses. Um, the difference between those is about at what point is the Meshkiach there? 
if the mishkech is from the actual milking of the cows, uh, or do, do they just bring in regular milk based off the head of Ramesha and start the cheese process from there? Um, so, again, a lot of times uh, the holiday soul is not as simple as just saying, okay, just go to that one farm. A lot of times uh, cheese factories will get milk from many different farms. Uh, the, generally, the way it works is, is that you'll have, let's say, a co-op or you'll have um, a company that basically collects milk from all different types of farms. They'll bring it to uh, the cheese factory and they'll make the cheese that way. So when it comes to Holovy Sol, there's that uh, little... It makes it obviously a little bit harder because then you've got to focus on the actual farm itself. But you guys eat Holovy Sol cheese, so it's not impossible. Um, now... When you make cheese, as we said, uh, there's, you put the rennet in, it curdles, you create the curd. Now, there's also something called whey. W-Y-E-H. No, W-H-E-Y. My bad, yeah. Okay, so, um, so there's curds and there's whey. So, technically, the whey, there is no isur of Grinas Akum on the whey. Because that's not cheese. So the way can be sold as kosher even without a mashkiach tmidi. So what will happen a lot of times, again, this we're talking about hol of stam way, because obviously if it's hol of you're going to need a mashkiach there even for, even for the way process. But for those uh, hol of stam uh, certified ways, you'll have uh, the cheese is made without a mashkiach actually putting in, without mashkiach being present, and just and these companies will they'll obviously get kosher ingredients, so the cheese itself has a problem with vinasakum, but the whey doesn't have that problem. So the whey can be actually sold as kosher chol of stam. Um, so now, what will actually happen in? the companies when the cheese is being made uh, what's been agreed upon by um, I'd say a lot of different cautious organizations um, I know Rabbi Shochat's informed you guys there's an organization there's a umbrella organization called ACO AKO it's the Association of Cautious Organizations um, and they decide different policies where other sharing or all sharing are comfortable with. So the policy, the Yako policy, is when cheese is being made that you follow shit as a shach. Um, that's put it this way: the mishgiach is there already, so it's not that big of a deal for him to actually put in the rennet. Right? A lot of times, it's they'll add rennet into a tank and then it will be actually metered out into the vat. And all he's got to do is press a button and. Psh- the rennet, the rennet goes in. So it's not that big of a deal, right? Um, but what actually happens for certain companies that make cheese 24-7? And they want to make, they want to make kosher cheese on Shabbos. Now, the cheese that you find out here, the, the, from you know, the kosher companies, those kosher cheeses, generally speaking, they, they won't be done on Shabbos, and they're done <coughs> they're a set time, where the mishkiach can be there readily, etc., but you have certain companies that they want to have cheese 24-7. Um, two companies that come to mind. One of them is Kraft Mozzarella Sticks, right? That they're certified by the OU. <coughs> and um, Cheez-Its. It's a little snack, which is owned by Kellogg's. And you find them 
not here, but you find them uh, outside of Crown Heights, you find them everywhere. And they're certified by the OK, OKD. Now that cheese is obviously giving us a soul. So what happens in those instances where you've got cheese being made on Shambas as well? So generally what will happen, so particularly in this company that actually makes the cheese for cheeses, that pretty much all they do is, I would say 90% of their cheese goes towards cheeses to get sold to Kellogg's. So you'll have, when it's not Shabbos, so the Yid actually presses the button, the meter's in the Renner. On Shabbos though, we definitely say Mechon Ramon and the Atarebbe because La Locha, that's not a problem. And the Mashkiach will actually watch the meter in the Renner. And additionally, just to, as a backup, as always, we'll follow the shitta of the Noi de Bihudo, where, uh, in, in our case, the OK will actually purchase the rennet. They'll actually, purchase, they'll actually buy the rennet, and uh, the Mashkiach will hop into the forklift, press the button, pick up, do a kinyish, pick the forklift back down, make a kinyish. So rennet belongs to, to us. And then, in that case, if something were to happen and maybe the Mashgiach missed, you know, because they're constantly making cheeses, in that company they're making cheeses every, like the renner has to be put in every 40 minutes. So, chas v'sholem, something happened, he missed one, at least you can rely on the Nodi Behud in that regard, which going to the Nodi Behud, that's not an issue. So, that's always as a backup. Uh, now, I mentioned the way, and let's, let's go in a little bit about the way. So, as I mentioned previously, the uh, the xeon gvinasi sol was only on the cheese itself, was only on the curd, but the whey didn't have that problem. So now, back in the day, up until maybe the 1950s or 60s, whey was just discarded. That's it. It's just water, not really much in it. Let's just chuck it, right? Maybe they they gave it to animals, which they still do, but not much was really. Um, not much has really thought about the way. And slowly but surely, they figured out that this way, yes, there's a lot of water in it, but there's also actually um, other contents in it. There's a stickle cream left. There's a little, uh, there's protein, there's lactose, there's permeate. There's other things going on in that way. So now they want to isolate that. They want to uh, dry it. They want to make protein shakes and all those kind of things from whey powder. So, so as we said, the... Uh, because the whey is not part of the general gzeo of Gwina so you don't need a mashkiach present for, for the whey. You need a mashkiach to become yetzavenichnas in order to make sure that the renna that's being used is kosher, the cultures that are being used is kosher, and all the other ingredients that are kosher. But, um, so yes, the cheese will stay gwinasakum, but the whey, once separated off, can be kosher. Now the question is, there's machlokes amongst monday um, achronim, I guess for, for us maybe previous generations, um, about at what temperature are you allowed to make the cheese at? So now what actually happens is, is that the, the cheese is generally warmed. And because you're putting in cultures, which are bacteria, and you're putting in rennet, now these things are alive. And you're not going to heat it up too much because you're going to ruin it. But there are some cheeses where they generally they will be warmed up a little above Yatsi lettuce. 
which amongst the cautious agencies, Yad Salelis has agreed on as 120 degrees Fahrenheit. So there are some cheeses where they are, as in the making process, they heat it up to above 120. You'll find that in some Swiss cheeses, some Italian cheeses, where it will go up there. So what's the din? So there's a machlegger between um, Rabbi Soloveitchik and Rabbi Moshe in this regard. So the problem here is, right, well, I'll go into it, right? So according to Soloveitchik, is that if, I've, if you're making the cheese, and the cheese is being made at high temperatures where it's over Yadzi lettuce, so the problem here is, is now I've got curd and I've got whey. So I've got curd that is now in Kvina Sakum, because it's there, it's Kvina Sakum, and now it's being heated together with the waste. Now the whey has bleas from Kvina Sakum. According to Ramesha, that's not the case. According to Ramesha, is that at that point, while it's being made, it doesn't have a shame Kvina. It's not cheese. Only after I've separated the whey, then it has a, um, then it has a shame Kvina. So at no point... Will the way while it's sitting with the curd is not going to be also at any point because at that because again at that once it's separated oh now I've got cheese now the cheese is the issue now there's a there's a shame gvino right um, so uh, there as well um, different ashgachos have to come to certain agreement because again we're using whey from different companies and you've got to f- figure out what the agreement is so. One of the ACO policies is, is that we follow the shitter of Soloveitchik that um, when it's, if the cheese is made above 120 degrees, so therefore the way is going to be an issue as well. Um, yeah, so again, so when the Meshkiach comes in, so even though Yosef and he also has to check temperatures. Now again, there's certain cheeses where you just not chesh at all. Majority of the cheeses, it's not an issue because again, if it gets too hot, you're going to ruin the rent, you're going to ruin the cultures. But you, uh, there are small amount of cheeses where you can get there. And there's some cheeses that are made very close, 117, 118 range. So again, you've got to always look out for those things. So now, once the whey is separated off, so as we said, the whey has cream, the whey has protein, and a lot of times, so the companies will utilize every little bit of everything that they have. Generally, you find in cashers or in, in food industries, anything that they can use, they will use. Back in the day in the shtetl, um, you know, when you, know, you bought a chicken, you used absolutely everything. Lo and behold, you got glibness and bachan, all those kind of lovely foods. So companies do exactly the same thing. They will utilize every little bit of thing. They just call it salami and hot dogs. That's the difference. But they're, they're utilizing every little bit of everything that they've made. So with the whey, the whey cream now, well, that's cream. And so therefore, that cream can be added with other creams, so cream that they've taken off the milk, which is referred to as sweet cream. And that can be sold to butter companies because generally how you make butter is very simple. You take... Uh, you take cream, you churn it, and then voila, you got butter. So, back in the Shukhanach, Shukhanach actually talks about how there's a minute some people have no problem taking um, butter from Goyim, but in, um, in this case, nowadays that's a bit of an issue because again, you've got whey cream, and once you've got whey cream, so therefore you have the whole issues that you have with, uh, with whey, you need to make sure that everything's fine on that end. 
and uh, whey cream can go into butter. Now, there's also another thing always to look out for for certain cheeses that will go through an extra process. Uh, mozzarella and provolone will go through an extra cooking or an extra stretching process. So if anyone's ever had, you can technically buy curds of mozzarella and you will actually have to stretch it yourself, which is not very hard. You just pour hot water over it and you can stretch the curd and therefore mozzarella gets a bit stringy that way. So mozzarella, provolone, uh, possibly others. I haven't come across them yet, but you know that's how it's done. So now, in... Um, so in factories, so they have big stretchers or cookers that they have where they're actually doing this process. Off the, off the cheese. So first of all, let's step back. Now, we all agree the cheese that's going there is now giving us akum, right? If a yid actually hasn't been present putting in, um, putting in the rent, etc. So that's all giving us akum. Now, when you're stretching a cheese, stuff's going to come off you're going to get what they refer to as cooker water, stretcher water, and in that water you're going to find cream. And companies like to use that cream because, hey, it's something that we have and we want to use it. And in general, one thing, the point I forgot to mention is, is that the cheese market is fairly competitive and the cheese capital of the United States and possibly of Northern America is in the lovely state of Wisconsin. And anyone who ever goes to Wisconsin, basically every couple of miles you'll bump into another cheese factory. There's just so many out there. And how they all survive, I constantly ask them, how do you guys all survive? Everyone has their niche, who they sell to, what they make, and it, it all works out fine for everyone. Um, but one of the things is, is that you have to learn how to, how to sell your way. And... Um, there are companies in Wisconsin that all they do is that they just receive whey. So everyone, all the cheese factories are selling their whey to this company and um, this company just takes in the whey, they'll evaporate all the water off it, they'll maybe separate out certain minerals and proteins, etc. and then they'll turn it into powders um, for, what, you know, for whatever use they need. So as far as one of the things that when the Ashkochas are going in for certifying all these many different cheese companies is not necessarily for the cheese that's being done there but for the actual whey because they want to make kosher whey holofstam and uh, they're getting away from all these all these companies that every little cheese factory has to be therefore has to have their whey certified uh, so now if you don't know how to handle your whey you're going to have a hard time with selling cheese because the margins of selling cheese are very small and you need to be able to sell your way. So that's why a certain company that we certify that um, based in Pennsylvania used to make cheese but I visited them recently and they said no, they've stopped making cheese and I'll make yogurts. Why? Because yogurts is less competitive you don't have to worry about your margins with the cheese they needed to they had a problem with their way and so therefore they decided to move away from that but that's again something they always have to take into consideration so you know companies again the way is precious for them right it's a precious commodity now so back to the mozzarella so now when you're taking so when you're taking this cream off you're taking the cooker water you're taking the cooker cream off now, obviously, they want to use that cream. So that cream can be added into all types of cream. Sometimes they want to actually add it back into making the cheese. Sometimes they will sell it as, you know, they'll add that with whey cream, add that with sweet cream, just sell it off as cream. So all these things are, again, things that you need to look out 
look, look into when certifying companies is what they do with uh, what they do with the cooker water, what they do with the cooker cream. Um, and when it comes to certifying, obviously certifying the cheeses themselves. So therefore, again, this equipment all need cashering as well. Um, uh, so now, another issue again, going back to the butter. Another issue that you have with them. No, they usually put rennet in, and uh, they're not they're not always putting cultures in. There's certain cheeses that you they not necessarily rennet is needed, and those so like cream cheeses and those kind of that. Then there's no problem with asakum, right? And you, yeah, exactly. So those things, I mean, like cream cheeses, for example, the way cream cheese was created from Philadelphia, by the way, just fun fact, uh, Philadelphia cream cheese is Philadelphia, New York, not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, um, so uh, back then it originated from where everyone's having their milk and they weren't able to actually bring it to the, you know, it was cold up there. Roads were icy and they couldn't always bring it. So they basically made some kind of cheese themselves and lo and behold you had cream cheese now those things didn't really need rennet and which goes to show you by the way when the Nehdebi Huda says that people didn't really have their own rennets Horaya, back even back then in I don't know whatever year it was 18 whatnot. so back then also people didn't really house rennets they used to bring it to a cheese factory and they used to make cheese out of it so when it was hard to bring it they kind of created their own something and yeah, lo and behold you actually had cream cheese so cream cheese, cottage cheeses, those kind of things, they don't need rennet. Now, sometimes they will add rennet into it. The shame, just because they can, just because it might speed up the process. process. But doesn't, they don't actually need rennet. You also have cheeses like um, ricotta. Ricotta is actually made from whey. And so therefore, for, again, another cheese that doesn't really doesn't need ashkocha to me, this because, again, it's made, it comes off the whey, and then the whey, you don't need the mishkiach there. Obviously, talking about halav stam here, you don't need the mishkiach putting rennet in it because, it, again, it's not really made with rennet. They're made with vinegars and all different types of things like that. Um, but mozzarella, generally, what you will have is you'll have some mozzarellas that will bypass the stretching, uh, the stretching thing. If you're looking at cheese sticks, for example, some cheese stick companies, not going to say mention anything, but some cheese stick companies kind of bypass the extra little stretch. And if you're wondering why some cheese sticks are a little stretchier than others, there's your answer. So, um, didn't hear that. Um, anyway, so, uh, anyway, so yeah, anyways, that's, just, that's an extra step we find with, uh, with cheeses. Now, to go into, just because I've got a couple of minutes, so why not go into animal rennet? Um, if you're wondering, I don't know if you know until now what Robert Stigman was doing in uh, Italy, but uh, there are, so, generally speaking, in the United States, animal rennet is not commonly used. Uh, that's because I can make mozzarella, I can make parmesan, I can make asiago, any what way how I want to do it. It tastes like it. It's fine. However, let's go to Europe. Europe are very particular in how their products are made and therefore there's special heritage laws and um, a Bordeaux wine can only be made from the grapes grown in Bordeaux and uh, you know champagne can only be made in a certain region in France Bo um, Bologna meats can only be made in the region of Bologna all these little different things right mozzarella has to be made from uh, buffalo milk there's many different laws when it comes to certain recipes have to be made in a particular way. And when it comes to Parmesan, Parmigiano Reggiano can only be made in a certain area in Italy. 
and it has to be made with the recipe that was used mikadmonim and that recipe requires animal rennet so one of our uh, rabbis was actually going to inspect somewhat related to Rabbi Shochat and they actually passed away in Italy was about to uh, go and inspect how they were making the animal rennet from uh, from the calf stomach so obviously there was a, it was a two step process he had to first go to the shlachtos to make sure that that was all set in motion that was alright and then those stomachs were transferred over to a company in Italy they made animal rennet out of that and therefore that can go into uh, that goes into certified parmesan cheese so animal rennet is it's a kosher animal rennet is made and animal rennet so in the United States animal rennet you won't find it I mean We'll put it this way, as I explained, the way most companies have to do something with their whey. And if they have to sell their whey to a whey powder company, so therefore that company wants to be kosher because that's, uh, why not? Because they can. So therefore most companies need to sell off their whey. And therefore, in that case, they can't use animal rennet. And to be honest, once you use microbial rennet, those enzymes have been isolated and they'll do a much better job than you'll have from animal rent or vegetable rent where have other things going on with them. But in Europe, animal rent is an issue depending on where it can come from. Anyways, I believe that's enough for me for now. Uh, so how do they make animal rent? How do they make the animal rent? Kosher. Kosher way. I haven't, I haven't seen it myself. Huh? They dry, they basically, they strip off the enzymes from the stomachs themselves and then they dry it out and there's a whole process that, that goes, so I've never seen it, so, especially on camera, I don't want to claim anything that, uh, that I've seen anything. Yeah, there, is, there is an interesting joke in some aesthetic about a guy who left for shores, for Yomtev, and let his Galatian uh, workers milk his cows. Right. And he says, you can't drink the milk because the shadow Hold on, right. But the cheese and the, and the butter, you could, but only for the Shaykh. Right. But if it's Bemezid, then it's, uh, it doesn't work. Right. Because of Venus. Right. Because of Venus, even though it's a Jewish, Jewish milk, Jewish house, and nothing else is there. It's only Bemezid. Right. So, again, not Kashidah Sashach in that case, for sure not. And, um, I guess also, well, also, there's another show that talks about Bechlal, the Minig. Right before that. Yeah, yeah, about the butter itself, Bechlal, Minig, our Minig not to have it. So, according to the Tzemachtelik, the Tshuva is, uh, the, it's, he writes that it's not as Yolata, butter from Ogoi, but it's the Minig not to. But back then, again, they used to discard all their way. It wasn't an issue, but now it's, uh, now it's changed. A lot's changed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you very much.